0: Hello again and welcome back to another episode of Mysterious Virginia. I apologize for the delay between episodes, Um, life and work have been really busy so um, I've decided to scale back a little bit to to, two episodes a month. So hopefully um, you guys will still stick with me, that would be fantastic. Um, Again, I apologize for the delay. So this week we're going to be talking about some haunted Virginia history. The first story that we're going to be discussing tonight is that of Grace Sherwood, also known as the Witch of Pungo. So this was a case that was suggested to me by a coworker who is from Virginia Beach. So thanks, Annie, for the recommendation. Grace Sherwood was born approximately 1660 in Pungo, Princess Anne County, a colonial settlement at the time. So this is Virginia Beach area-ish. Her father, John White, was a carpenter and a farmer of Scottish descent. It is unclear if he was born in America or if he was born elsewhere. Her mother, Susan, was English by birth. Grace was born in Pungo. She is the last known person to be convicted of witchcraft in Virginia. So she lived in Pungo, and she married James Sherwood, a planter, in 1680. The couple had three sons, John, James, and Richard. Grace was a farmer, healer, and a midwife. Grace's father gave her family 50 acres of land when they married, and upon his death in 1681, he left the remainder of his 145 acres. The Sherwoods were poor and lived in an area inhabited by small landowners. No images of Grace exist, but contemporary accounts describe her as an attractive, tall woman with a good sense of humor. She wore trousers instead of a dress while working on the farm, which was really unusual for the time. Um, I'm surprised that they even had trousers that fit her appropriately I guess so with her looks and unusual dress it is speculated that her neighbors may have been jealous of her and this may have been where the accusations of witchcraft stem from she was accused by neighbors of transforming herself into a cat damaging crops and causing the death of livestock her first case was in 1697 where she was accused of casting a spell on a bull resulting in its death This case was dismissed by agreement of both parties. In 1698, she was accused by two neighbors. She supposedly bewitched the hogs and cotton crop of one of them. Grace sued for slander after each accusation, but these suits were unsuccessful and her husband had to pay court costs. In 1706, she was accused of bewitching her neighbor, Elizabeth Hill, which caused her to miscarry. The court then ordered her to be ducked in the water to determine her guilt or innocence. If she sank, she was innocent. If she did not, she was guilty, which is like unfair if you think about it, obviously. Um, you know, if you stink, you die. And so you kind of lose either way in this case. So Grace um, floated and she is su- suspected to have spent at least eight years in jail. She was freed in 1714 and was allowed to recover her property in Pongo. Her husband had died in 1701. She did not remarry and lived on the farm until her death in 1740 at age 80. According to legend, her sons put her body near the fireplace and a wind came down the chimney. Her body disappeared amid the embers with the only clue being a cloven print. Sherwood lives lies in an unmarked grave in a field near the intersection of Pungo Ferry Road and Princess Anne Road in Virginia Beach. Her home on Muddy Creek stood for over 200 years. It was burned several times in the 20th century by vandals, and all that was left in 2002 were the brick chimneys, which were bulldozed in November of that year. In 2006, the 300th anniversary of her conviction, Governor Tim Kaine granted an informal pardon to restore her good name and recognized that she was wrongfully convicted. A statue of grace was erected on Independence Boulevard in Virginia Beach, close to the site of the courthouse where she was tried in 1706. She is sculpted alongside a raccoon and carries a basket containing rosemary and garlic. Our second story for tonight is Poor House Road Tunnel in Lexington, which is my hometown, shout out. <laughs> um, it actually doesn't have that much history online. Um, a majority of the research I found was from ghost hunting expeditions, but I was able to find that it was reportedly built in the early 1900s as part of a railway system that ran between Lexington and Stanton. The use of the tunnel stopped after the introduction of cars. So according to locals, the tunnel was supposedly a hot spot for lynchings in the early 20th century, and legend also tells that a few young girls were murdered close by the tunnel. Some people have said you can hear whispers of, come on, come on, in the tunnel. Um, and like I said, that was really all I was able to find online about Poorhouse Tunnel. Being from Lexington, I've been there several times. I've never been at night, but... Um, The ghost story I always heard was that you're supposed to go at night and sit in the middle of the tunnel with your lights off, which is really dangerous because it is a road that is still being used. It's not a busy road, but um, I can see where it would be scary to do that, especially if you're easily spooked or anything like that. So I will link my website in the show notes, um, and I'm going to add some videos and um, links to the ghost hunters to so that you can, you know, check it out for yourself and see what you think. Our final tale for tonight is that of Nice Center in Stanton. Um, this portion of the story is going to contain some derogatory comments about mental health and discusses some sensitive topics, so I just wanted to give you um, kind of a heads up there. It's not anything real super derogatory or inappropriate, um, but this guy was not a not a nice guy. So. Desjardins was opened in 1932 as a private pay unit of Western State Hospital. The particular horror of this story is not is perhaps not the ghosts that may or may not inhabit this abandoned sanitarium, but the beliefs of Dr. Joseph Desjardins, for whom the center was named. Desjardins was a vocal proponent of the eugenics movement. So what, eugenics, for those of you who don't know, was a form of compulsory sterilization of the quote, lesser including, and I quote, the insane, epileptic, alcoholic, criminal, syphilitic, imbecile, and idiot, unquote. In 1922, a close friend of Desjarnay, E. Lee Trinkle, was elected governor of Virginia, and in 1924, he aided in passing the Eugenical Sterilization Act, legalizing the sterilization of, quote, the defectives. So he felt that anyone who was not adequate or Um, not normal or anything like that, should not be allowed to reproduce, and that included children. So if he or any of the doctors of the age really felt that this child is feeble-minded or um, with an intellectual disability or their family has a history of, of criminal behavior, anything like that, they had caused and were legally allowed to sterilize them, which I, I think is just horror in itself. Duzernay was also a supporter of Hitler and um, felt like Germany was kind of beating us to the game in terms of eugenics, which again is horror. Um, and he actually even wrote a poem about eugenics, which I will include here. <laughs> so, um, this is the Law of Mendel and often he makin' it plain. Defectives will breed defectives, and the insane breed insane. Oh, why do we allow these people to breed back to the monkey's nest to increase our country's burdens when we should only breed the best? So you can kind of see this guy was a jerk. In the sanatorium, Desjardins operated at least 1,200 sterilizations out of 8,000 performed in the entire state of Virginia. Uh, So luckily, he resigned from the hospital in 1947, and I believe he died um, about 10 years later so. The hospital was reformatted in 1975, and in 1981, it was changed to a children's hospital. In the mid-2000s, Desjardins was renamed the Commonwealth Center for Children and Adolescents and moved to a new location. Um, And that is still open and is the state hospital for children. I work in mental health, so um, I've, I've had some communication with them, but um, I think psychology as a field has really changed a lot in the last 20, 30 years. Um, they went from, you know, shock therapy and mandatory sterilization to um, cognitive behavioral therapy and other types of therapy that are really helpful and not Da- dangerous or causing brain damage and that type of thing. So, um, the ruins of this of the Dijon Center have become a popular spot for urban explorers, and many have complained to hear footsteps, moaning, as well as banging and bad smells. So I will leave you with that for tonight. Um, I encourage you if you live near any of these places. Um, maybe not Dijonet because it is closed and it says no trespassing, so that one's on your own, but, um, Per House Tunnel and Pungo, um, are, you know, open places that you can go check out for yourself if you're a ghost hunter or anything like that. Um, as always, I will provide links for further reading and some images on my website, um, which I will link in the show notes. I am on Instagram as va and Twitter as Mysterious underscore VA. If you have suggestions, please, please let me know. I have a pretty good list so far, but I would like to add some more things that I'm interested in, kind of what you guys are interested in, I guess. Um, I also have a Facebook page, which is under Mysterious Virginia, so um, if you would like to rate, review, and subscribe to me, um, again, like I said in my very first one, I'm not looking for five stars. I mean, five stars are awesome, you know, it, it helps more people see the podcast, but if there's things that I should improve on, which is definitely saying, um, that's one of my big problems. I'm trying to work on that, but well, thank you for listening and I will see you on the other side.